1: This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host.
0: Hey, everybody. It is Tim with Masonic Light Podcast. Tim who? Yeah, Tim Dedman. What? Yeah. And we are chock-full of guests tonight. Uh, we have a full house here in Studio 665. The six, fire six, marshal is pulling up outside. Yeah, don't anybody now. tell the fire marshal. Well, they're at the parade down the street anyway. So That's the kitty Halloween kitty yeah. parade, yeah. Yeah, I think we're good here. All right, episode number 164. Ooh, Can you believe that? 164. Talking to your mic, Larry. Yes. I
2: cannot Ooh. believe it. <laughs> See, <laughs> I told you. I was, I was looking at Jack. Can you believe that? <laughs> I told you.
3: <laughs> All right, seven years we've been doing this, Larry
0: seven years <laughs> i love it tonight's episode is brought to you by our sponsors george j grove and son jidge hireman solomon cigars scott helm electric masonic timepiece and intermezzo by stephanie, stephanie.
2: there's still candy over there
0: yeah what? no there's not
2: oh yes, there is. is it gone no yeah it is
0: we also want to say a special thank you to our patreon supporters you too can be a patreon supporter for as little as one one dollar. dollar, one stinking dollar per month, go to Patreon.com/MasonicLightPodcast to keep fine content like this thing going. Ha <laughs> Tongue in
3: cheek, right? No joke. I mean, it, it's um, you know there are expenses. We've got to get new new uh, headphones for everybody, and yeah, we've got stuff to spend money on, and. We really do appreciate everybody that contributes to the show. Um, and um, what is Larry talking about? Is
2: his mic working? Somebody's mic's not working. I can't hear is him.
0: my work? Yeah, Hello. it's working.
1: Hello? Okay,
2: Sorry.
0: What? I might have to turn Larry's headset up.
2: <laughs> my wife has been telling me I need hearing aids, so I'm sorry.
3: Well, that could be. Anyway, just uh, in short, we appreciate you. We really Thank, do. Thanks we for really being there do. for
0: us. Appreciate it for how many years, Larry? What? <laughs> How many years have we been podcasting?
2: Eight and a half. No, no we have not. Seven.
0: April the 4th, 2016.
2: That's correct. Yes. So
0: we had to write it down plus so we could look at it. is seven and a That's half. Right. That's
2: right. Okay. There yep.
0: we, we put I it on agree, the wall over there for you to remember. Can you see that? No. Okay. So, as I said earlier, we are chock full of guests tonight. We are joined tonight by Brother Tyler Whitaker, uh, Brother Dave Hosler, Doctor Heather Calloway, yeah. and our uh, guest of uh, many episodes, Seth Anthony. Uh, so uh,
2: we can also he's say our
0: ghost host. That doctor ghost host.
2: Heather Calloway has been on our show several times. Yes, as she has. Well, one of our all-time favorites, a
0: recurring feature. Thank but, you. but Larry,
2: what? What?
0: This is her first time in studio. Oh
2: yes, oh. it is. Yes, it is. Yeah.
0: yes. yes.
3: Yep. Are, are you just overwhelmed by the quality of the studio? I can't believe it. It's amazing, it. right? It's so amazing. You have to yeah. talk into your microphone.
1: All right.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> she got the. She did get. In her defense, she got the cheap she chair. She did get the. I mean,
0: she, she, got she got the, got the short end chair. Here. She really did.
4: No, no. Re- I. Uh, it's amazing here
3: we have fun we do uh-huh. we somehow somehow josh manages
0: to string it all together into a show so and people like it Yeah, i guess do, that's it? scary isn't it yeah. are you sure about that <laughs> <laughs> oh you'll do fine <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna do just fine tonight all right what have we all been doing masonically for the last couple of weeks larry you've got some significant <coughs> stuff well
2: yeah i do um, you know, I complained about everything. going to conventions yeah, everything. and everything. Well, everything, yeah. <laughs> I attended the Toll Cedars Convention in Ocean City, Maryland last week, four days, which I thought would be hellacious or hell, and actually turned out to be very good. Enjoyed the devil out of it, and uh, that's a first. But you said you didn't like Attending those things I don't I do not like him You're absolutely right I can't stand them. But He's actually this changing went very his well. Mind. And uh, The The hospitality Suites On Friday night Were superb To say the <laughs> least So I Had a great time So anyway that that That's my My big focus Was spending four days At Tall Cedars that's And this is my last Two months Of being Grand Tall Cedar So thank God For that
0: Seth there's your that's car a, alarm Going off it's okay i think it's larry's no he's with me are you sure yeah (laughs) all right jack
3: um i'm gonna see if seth is willing to run out and look into the parking lot to see whose car is i'm the white subaru i don't know if it's mine or not but okay
0: all right josh can do it some, it
3: some random vandal just out
5: just in time for me to get up and look, it stops. Of Thank course. you.
3: Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> All right. Take so, two. Take two on uh, things that I've done. Jack. I
3: really haven't done a whole lot. We had we a had stated meeting. Uh, I did speak at the Day Lodge. I think I mentioned that at the last mm-hmm. show. I did my Holy Saints John talk at the Elizabethtown Day Lodge. And then shortly after that, I went down to New London, Pennsylvania, and did the same talk down there. And i tell you what, it was a beautiful lodge. It's small, tiny lodge, but the guys were just super receptive. Uh, it, 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 it gives evidence of the fact that we haven't really talked about symbols and meaning and, and, and depth for a very long time. And I, I, put, I throw something out that shows them that there's more to this than a bowling league. And they were really receptive to it. And I, was, I really appreciate them for, uh, for having me down for that. But uh, that and the regular mentoring that I do with the new candidates, and that's, that's kind of my
0: world. Cool. Is that All enough? Right.
3: Should I say something else? No. Okay, I'm, I'm confused.
0: Okay. Well, you're selling tickets, I understand. We can talk more about that later. But it's uh, yes. kind of an ongoing project. All right, Brother Bill, how about you? Dave, Dave. Phil. Bill, Bill, Fred, Dave, I'll, Fred I'll, I'll Joe, I'll answer whoever whatever. you right. are. Headphones there are you.
3: off. He's storming out the door.
0: Uh, I'm, out, I'm <laughs> out.
6: Dave, uh, right. well, it's, it's been it's a, on the script right here. It's yeah. <laughs> 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 it's been a busy uh, few months. I've I've spoken at some lodges. I've um, um, run some ritual workshops. I've done a few things. I don't know. It's kind of been chill. Kind of been busy. It's one of those you know weird yeah. like. Coming back from being dark in the summer, but uh, um, I had my first experience of, of having to assist with closing a lodge, which was oh. not a fun experience. Right? Oh, closing, 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 closing. Truly going dark. Ooh. Like I walked Ooh. out with the charter and Ooh. stamp. And, um, so it was a uh, you know it was, it was one of those it's a sad day. It was a it was a sobering feeling yeah. of like you know this could happen to anybody, mm-hmm. type. So wow. Um, but yeah, but there's been a lot of positive too. Cool. I, so <laughs> good. Yeah. Tyler, um, I got his name right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you can be Bill too. Can we call you, you Bob? Bill. Yeah. Somebody in this Bill. room's got to be Bill.
7: <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, most recently uh, preparing for Saturday's symposium. Um, also. Um, the Indianapolis Valley of the Scottish Rites Fall Convocation um, will start November 10th, um, and I'll be participating in the 18th degree. So we've had a few practices lately for that as well. Awesome. Um, this past weekend, um, I actually got to give a test run of Saturday's talk at Indiana's first, um, hopefully, annual um, Masonic con. It was hosted in Hope, Indiana. So, so that was good. Kind of. Dust it off, you know, get a test run before uh, before Saturday.
3: So. so we're not getting the original. Oh, oh man.
7: It's it a improved. used it's, it's, speech. It's been modified yeah. since Saturday. <laughs> it there you go. So
3: That's I guess right. technically, yes. You okay. Are, right. getting as long easy. as it's fresh. As long as it's fresh.
2: It's good. 18th degree, right?
3: Yes. Sir. 18th, yeah.
2: yeah. We call them plays here in Pennsylvania. No, well, you call them <laughs> plays.
3: I call them skits. But That's skits. okay. I
2: could yeah. go places now and guys are referring to them as plays. Yes.
0: <laughs> So I understand the uh, Valley of Indianapolis also got a Valley of Excellence Award this past year. I believe, believe you were correct.
7: That.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we're watching you. Yeah. I got some good things
0: there. So I want to talk about the Big Valley getting its third consecutive. Oh, funding. stop. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> There it is. There it is. All right. Uh, Seth, make your way to a microphone while uh, Heather tells us what she's been doing fraternally.
4: For what time period?
0: The last, let's say, month.
4: The
3: last month. Well, you have thirty minutes, so st- go go.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so two weeks ago, we hosted um, at the Center for Fraternal Collections and Research. We hosted the Scottish Right Research Society Symposium. So um, that was cool because it was the first time it's been in the Northern jurisdiction, hmm. and that it was held at IU. So at our new center. So we. Um, the week before, we opened our first fraternal exhibit. So it's called LinkedIn to the Lodge, and um, kind of a, the original social network, and um, kind of an intro for people that don't know anything about
2: I, I'm on my way.
5: Larry loves yeah. a tall cedars pyramid.
2: Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <coughs> their awesome. hats, their hats. Yeah. All right. Seth.
5: So, I I don't know about other jurisdictions, but in Pennsylvania, it would appear that... I was too close to the microphone. I know they're they're leveling. No, you're good. Uh, It would appear that we have to make every Masonic event occur in October or March, because October is we want to do stuff in the fall, but then holidays come, so everything has to be in October, and then March is we've all been hibernating like groundhogs, so quick, get everything done in March. Uh, So, my October has been crazy. Last weekend was four events, Mm -hmm. and then a meeting monday night a meeting tuesday night and then i have some indiana folks here for the rest of the week for the academy so Mm -hmm. it is october in pennsylvania freemasonry
6: yeah baby all right josh not really too much just podcast stuff and past masters meeting but that's it
3: are you you fomenting rebellion and are the the
0: rumors true that you're going back in as uh, a worship (gasps) master
6: absolutely not
0: all right (laughs) i guess we can dispel that rumor at least for another year killed it dead all right, so uh, let's see what have I been up to? The <laughs> oh. valley of Harrisburg's children's Dys- mm. All right, stop it, stop it. <laughs> the valley of Harrisburg's children's dyslexia walk uh, supporting that uh, organization occurred nice. last Sunday. It was a great turnout. It was a beautiful day. Uh, had several people out walking, raising lots of money. Um, just a fun day by all.
3: Now did you walk or did you sit under the tent and uh,
0: distribute I did beverages? walk? a short distance but i did end up in to the the men's room no to the cigar lounge i got it okay Okay. Okay. um but we still raised money they yeah so uh harrisburg council number seven uh where i am soon to be the grand poobah um we're moving right along um lancaster lodge of perfections uh reunion which was Actually, a really good experience. I heard that it was a good. good um, night. They did something really different, which in Freemasonry is usually a good thing. <laughs> what did they do? Um, they actually did the reunion like a dinner club, like a dinner theater. Um, they had dinner up on the floor of the auditorium. Uh, Larry's pretty sure that... Larry's there, having a stroke. Yeah, I was going to say, there were, <laughs> Larry thought there were probably several strokes that occur for people eating in the room. Uh. But uh, they interspersed the degrees with various courses of the meal. Interesting, um, And it was. It was neat. Um, if they do it again, they, they're going to probably tighten some things up time-wise. But uh, overall, I thought that was a really good experience
2: to put, put plastic on the floors
3: what
5: degree is the green bean degree and what degree is the rubber chicken degree
0: just for future reference just for future reference um, it's chicken cold and blue ch- ch- chicken cold and blue that's right um, but no uh, kudos to the uh, lodge of perfection at uh, Lancaster for that um, again just uh, they you know they wanted to try something different and they pulled it off and i thought they did a superb job uh eureka west shore lodge number 302 held its uh twice annual past master's dinner and then the d malay legion of honor oh i forgot yes you did yes i did um so sorry they had their conferral of the legion of honor sunday over at e-town and our good buddy pete got that uh conferred upon him posthumously yes Uh, stephanie was there to receive it it was a great ceremony beautiful very beautiful uh congratulations to all the recipients and uh props to the demolays that were involved in that ceremony because they were spot on they They were were they really were they really were good job by all so all right, so we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna come back and talk more to and about our guests While we're
3: gone log in to patreon.com slash Masonic podcast That's and, it uh, become a supporter of the show come back soon
2: Why choose George J. Grove and sons for your next home improvement project At George J. Grove and sons We've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than 50 years For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate Or visit us at georgejgrove.com. There you go, kiddo.
4: Sorry. I can't even believe that this is real. <laughs> so,
0: like, three weeks ago, when it's, he found out you were coming on idea. the show, he's like...
4: I better write my book. Oh, my gosh. I can actually <laughs> give her,
0: yeah. I need to get this published we're in a hurry. This no, printed. that's been published for years. She, he says, he goes, one. I've got to remember to bring one to the studio to give to her that night. I said, Larry, since we're going to the studio, why don't right you bring now. it tonight? And then that way, it's in the studio. I've had it in the trunk
2: of my car. Sounds I don't very... believe it. No, seriously. I think I've
4: moved four or five times since we you first probably did that have. podcast. You probably
0: have. Oops. Uh, Jack, tell us about what these fine folks are in town for. Well, um, at least Tyler. My understanding um, is they got lost on Interstate seventy six. That's my understanding. And they just
3: kept coming east yep. until they found Seth standing by the side of the highway. And uh, no, there's there is happening this Saturday. The Academy of Masonic Knowledge at Elizabethtown, uh, and they are here. While well, Tyler is here to speak, the the uh, the other two are just sort of groupies, uh, <laughs> hangers-on, <laughs> if you will. Uh, and uh, so they've they've decided to come in. So Tyler, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, how did you come to this? How did you become a, a speculative Mason, and how does that reflect on your uh, your operative life? Because I understand that's the topic that you. Yeah
7: um well speculatively i've been a master mason for almost 10 years um but uh operatively um my father um is a monument man if you will cemetery monuments um so he had done that his whole or my whole life so basically followed him around all through my adolescence um and and after high school and some college um Took up work at Whirly Monuments with him. So. Cool. Now that
3: industry must have changed in since you oh, when you were a kid. And
7: no, absolutely. Um, I mean the practices are essentially still the same, mm-hmm. um, but I mean there's been a lot of societal changes since I was a kid. Um, so, so yeah, a little bit of that. You still carving things with like mallets and chisels and things, or no? You, know, you
3: got um, the big CNCs <laughs> and
7: like st- no, and actually, um, for the most part, it's all sandblast okay um is how we do the engraving um we make a large rubber rubber stencil um with different fonts or carvings Mm -hmm. um those are adhered to the stone um and then the whole stone sandblasted so
3: cool how did that reflect on your joining the lodge did you did you see any any you know
7: um no, attachment. I actually never made that connection. Um my dad was the master of fellowship lodge number 681 in Anderson in 1992 um when I was 7. Um so I kind of grew up in the lodge as a kid. Um so it wasn't the big secret that nobody ever talked about. Well, um well, my dad my dad was pretty quiet to be yeah. honest. He was of the uh, the old school generation. Mm-hmm. Um in uh 2014 um is when i was raised and uh that thanksgiving before that my cousin um his name's adam Bolinger, he was the master of Saldi bayless lodge in fort wayne um and he's only a couple years older than i am and he started beating me up to you know when are you going to join the lodge <laughs> you know your dad would really want you to join the lodge and you know of course me i was like well he's never never said anything um so, so yeah. again at christmas you know beat me up and uh shortly thereafter i turned in a petition so awesome and have you you've been uh, you you are a past master correct are you not yet i was a master of fellowship lodge in 2021 so
3: what are some of your other um masonic affiliations then you you said scottish right um scottish
7: right the indianapolis valley um i'm a member of anderson york right. um the saint john's council of amd in noblesville Um, so, in
3: Indiana, mm-hmm. is, uh, who wins uh, the, the battle of the bands? Is it York right or Scottish right? Because I know Ohio is very
7: yeah.
3: very hardcore York right, and Pennsylvania seems to be more Scottish right. Um,
7: My feeling would be almost 50 50. 50 50. You think?
3: Yeah, yeah Even it fifty
6: fifty. 50 50. Yeah.
7: Well, I enjoy both bodies. Well,
3: they, they, they give you something different, right? Yeah. E- each one has its own
1: yeah.
3: feel, flavor. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. Cool. Um, so, tell us a, a little bit about what what we're going to hear about on Saturday that the rest of the people listening to this will have missed.
7: Well, <laughs> um, well, um, the title of the talk is "Operative Masonry in a Speculative World," um, and, <laughs> and which we can contribute to Dave Hossler. That is his title. Um, I originally gave the talk at Dwight L. Smith Lodge of Research um, this past um, January um, after Founders Day. Okay. So... Um,
3: you Can you give us any tasty hints, or what, what should we look for in a, in a wait, wait, okay, you uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> what, what does that involve? What help help us understand what what to expect
7: all right um well i will be carving a chunk of indiana limestone on stage um while i give while i give my talk cool so
3: and then i understand that's going to be like what is there like a raffle is that being given away Um,
7: seth set up a raffle um anyone must be present to win um but one member of the audience will be chosen to take that home with them. Awesome. Cool. Can I get Can I get somebody to palm my raffle ticket? <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk to Seth <laughs> on that one.
3: That's a Masonic virtue. Um, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So what's the subject of your carving? Um, well? Or are you not allowed to talk about it? It's a secret.
7: Well, I guess since it uh, it's, uh, will air after, after the symposium. Exactly. Right. Um, it is um, the symposium's logo. So that was, it was my first attempt, honestly, at a raised carving. So, so kind of challenged myself and uh, stepped outside the box. Um, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, like most things I would have loved to had a couple more days, um, but I'm my own worst critic most of the time.
3: So. I think we all are. Yeah, there, yeah.
7: So. T- Tyler
5: is uh, being modest. It is a really gorgeous, amazing yeah. piece of stonework. And the lucky guy who gets to take that home is going to have a very cool piece of Masonic history.
3: It, that he's welcome to drop off at the studio deep beneath the wine and spirit
1: store.
0: I think we'll pretty much all be there. So maybe we'll yeah, be in we on got that drawing. a couple drawing. shots at it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? but increase our odds.
3: So what op, uh, speculative operative masonry in a speculative world? Is that, Correct. is that what I'm hearing? So what, how, how, how is the world speculative? What do you, what do you, how is the, what's the attachment there?
7: How is the world speculative? Well, the world <laughs> being the fraternity. Okay.
6: That makes sense. Oh, I literally just threw out random words, and they stuck together. Like
7: <laughs> because we were, we were Larry trying, does that all the time. <laughs> I do,
6: too. We were trying to come up with a title for his talk, or he was, and I just randomly blurted that out, uh-huh. and, and and he went, okay.
7: Well, the first time I gave the talk, he gave me um, seven days notice. Five. To write I don't remember. It, so.
6: Nice. I literally came to him, and I was like, look, I'm the master of, I think I was the master. Nope, senior ward. I was senior ward in DLS at the time, and. And uh, I was like, I need a speaker. We need a speaker. Somebody, I I think somebody had dropped out or something had happened. And he's like, when? I was like, I don't know, (laughs) next (laughs) week.
7: So needless to say, I spent the next seven days in full panic mode, you know, at my dining room table. Cool. Bouncing ideas off. Get your best papers done that way. Exactly. Because you know
3: why? Because you finish them. Yep. If you don't because have you a have deadline, to, yep. like present at the
0: Lodge of Research, you never bloody finish the thing. Mm. Yep. Right? Hundred Larry, how's what? that uh, follow-up shot, book coming?
3: Follow-up book, uh, book. Yeah, Talking yeah, to the book mic. Two in this I'm finally working on book
0: it. Book
6: two guess. in the trilogy.
5: The Red gardener yeah. Snake? Yeah. <laughs> 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 is,
0: that,
6: is that like the guy that wrote the uh, George Martin books where it's like 15 years later he's yeah like,
2: oh, well be, huh? this was probably seven <laughs> <laughs> is
6: this one taking place
0: in the vatican by any chance no oh, okay no, that's a good thing because the last one you know he ended up in some copyright uh, trouble over no, the
3: last he, one no, so no he
0: didn't oh okay no, I, thought uh-huh. you did. I thought dan brown came. No,
2: was, well, actually and thanks to pete pete was one of my uh, <coughs> advisors on the book and he was one of, he actually read the manuscript before anybody else did Uh, So we both worked for the phone company, and I went into work one day, and Pete said, Hey, Larry, he said, got a problem. I said, What are you talking about? I thought it was work-related. He said, Somebody stole your book. I said, What? He said, Yeah, some some dude by the name of Dan Brown (laughs) stole your damn book. I said, What? And, of course, I ran out after work that night and went to the bookstore, and I bought it. And I said, Oh, Lord, he gets a lot of things in there. So it meant a complete rewrite. So and thank Pete for that. I would have had copyright problems like Dan Brown had copyright <laughs> problems <laughs> in England. Yes, yes, of
1: course.
2: <laughs> it would have been endless. What
3: was that? Holy Blood, Holy Grail, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they oh, accused yeah. him, and then everybody laughed so, at them. Anyway.
0: So, yeah. Exactly. So, it are you getting a lot of speaking engagements uh, with this the
7: work? Uh, well, this, is, this will be the second time I've well, third time. Okay. Third time I've formerly been behind a microphone. So, so yeah, no, maybe. This is all pretty new to me, to be honest. <laughs> well, this is good
2: practice being
7: yeah. here tonight. <laughs> yeah.
5: Again, Tyler is being somewhat modest because he's also the creator of a stone that went to the George Washington National Masonic Memorial. That's what
3: I
7: understand. Whoa. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Do tell. Uh, Talk about that? that a little What's bit. What's up with that? Uh, this uh, past February, um, well, before that, um, past Grandmaster Michael Brumback, past president of the Memorial, um, and my father um, were kind of going through the lines. Mike Brumback is from Anderson as well. Um, he actually belonged to Mount Moriah Lodge just across town from us. Um, so they were friends, and um, Mike was on the committee when they started, you know, making the plans for the hundred-year rededication. Um, and he reached out um, to Brian and I um, to carve the cornerstone, the ceremonial cornerstone. Um, so it too is Indiana limestone. Um, the thing that is the most proud I've ever been um, laying over a piece of stone Can't in my life. Can't even so. imagine how That's, much that must yeah, be. Yeah, Absolutely. What's a good yeah, cool things come
2: from Indiana, you know that? I would agree. That's a true Except the football team.
7: And basketball.
2: <laughs> Our well, football team is so bad. I don't sports, so. <laughs> did you watch that game? Oh, you're talking about the Ohio State game? Oh. No, no. IU. No, no, I didn't. But they're coming in here this Saturday to Pennsylvania. I put money on Pennsylvania.
1: There you I go. Went
0: too. Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> I'm sorry. Ouch. I'm sorry. Okay, I All think right. we are going to take and a quick break. Dr.
2: Heather Calaway works where? <laughs> you know, we're Hoosiers. <laughs>
0: there you go. I'm just Hoosier your daddy? I'm just. I wasn't going to go there. Hey. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with more from our guests. As far back as the mid 1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hiram and Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiramAndSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hiram and Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast.
2: I want
8: to welcome our wonderful
2: guest from Indiana. We were just talking about some football and football teams and so forth. We've had you on the show. This is the third time, and this has actually been an official visit. You drove all the way in here. To
0: whom are you talking, Larry? Just
2: to be with us. I think that's fantastic. Say
0: her name. Say her name. Say her name. Say her Dr.
2: Heather Calloway. I thought I said her name. That was the last Great. segment. Last segment. That was three years ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So tell us a little bit what you've been doing, because I think it's very important. Sure, certainly. So with my colleagues,
4: um, Seth Anthony and Mark Tabert and Dave Hosler and some other friends, um S. Brent Morris, Um, We started a center for fraternal research and collections at IU, and so our goal is to save the history of these other organizations because we know, I know, from working in a professional Masonic organization for 14 years, um, Masonic stuff's being saved, but all the other fraternal groups um, don't necessarily have a place where their records and things can go. So I am trying desperately to let people know that we're a thing so that we can um, save that history.
2: Very important work, actually. Mm -hmm.
4: And I have a story for you. Okay, please. So the other day, and this was a couple months ago, um, I got a message on Facebook. And I don't see that stuff unless I turn it on my computer i don't have it on my phone and so i happened to check to put something or answer a question and a lady said a lady had messaged me on the center social media site and she said can someone call me and i didn't know that sounds kind of sketchy so i said you know do you have a question or historical thing that you need and she said um something about you know i really like to talk to you on the phone so i gave her my phone number and she called immediately and she said i'm at my national convention and we are voting to close the fraternal branch of our organization um are you guys really accepting donations and (laughs) i said wow what
1: and where are you calling from
4: and sure enough um The United Commercial Travelers were having their national convention this year, and they decided and voted while she messaged me that they were going to close the fraternal part of their branch. They're going to move their insurance over to other insurance companies. Obviously, that part is easier, but they didn't um, vote to keep their fraternal branch. So their headquarters is um, closing as we speak. So they offered um, the items that are at the headquarters to the center. And so we've already made the first shipment. Um, She actually drove from Wisconsin to Ohio, got a bunch of stuff, filled her car, brought it to the center in Indiana. And so that was our first batch of um, history that we saved from them. And I'm gonna go out to Columbus, Ohio, a few more times and, and gather the rest of that history, whether it's records, minutes, you know a little bit of everything and really that really that's why we created the organization and previous to the center we had started the Historical Society for American Fraternalism and you know made it more of a web thing and then when I started working at IU we added the hey you know we could actually fundraise and better serve this if we partnered with a um, higher ed institution so that's what we did and so I brought her upstairs and she sat in the center and she looked around the room and there's all these photos on the wall of um old lodges and all these groups at banquets and all those you know panoramic photos that you see in a museum mm-hmm. and we have them hanging around the center and then there's you know um new donations that we've recently acquired so old hats and robes and hats and uh, just gavels minute books, anything you can think of that you'd find at an old lodge, was already sitting around. And I brought her and her husband in, and we sat and talked in the center. And she was like, wow, I made the right choice.
3: How did she find you?
2: She Googled.
0: Wow.
2: One of the things that a lot of people don't realize, you don't sit behind a desk eight hours a day, seven, five days a week, seven days a week. You travel all over, you're in a car, you're flying somewhere. I mean, you are extremely busy. Yeah. Uh If I would call once a week to say hello... Uh, the odds are you're not in there.
4: <laughs> I have tried to get people, I don't even list my desk phone. And in fact, IU went to our phones now go to our computer. Mm-hmm. So there's not an even, there's not a landline plugged in. Yeah. So um, I can either route my desk phone to my cell phone or I can route it to voicemail. Or if I actually have my computer open, I can answer it there.
2: And you're a very busy person. Not only are you working for the IU. You're doing things. You're on the board for the Demilion. De, 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 oh, come on. Help me.
0: Demilion de Museum. De I
4: am not on the board, but you're I think not. Seth is. Our buddy Seth is on the board there.
2: Okay. Okay. But you're there. You, you go there.
4: I do work with John a lot. Yeah, we collaborate. Yeah. Um, I really try to promote his museum as well because he's specifically saving the history of the Demilion Company. Um, versus, I'm just trying to catch all those other things that don't have a place. That's trying to yeah. save yeah. that history. So, how
0: many fraternal organizations have you? Do you believe you've had contact with in terms of? I mean, only a couple and, so far. Okay.
4: So um, we didn't have the space or the means to start that yet. So I've mostly worked with one-on-one with collectors, people that have collected stuff. There life and now they're kind of uh, hey i need to downsize what do i do with all these things the biggest population i work with is widows
1: yeah,
2: oh, yeah. I'm sure i would understand it.
4: Yeah. yeah and and that's sad to hear but when i worked at scottish Rite all those years um that's who would call me on the phone was widows and they'd say i don't know what to do with all these things but i know they need to go to the right place
2: yeah. see i picture a big warehouse stacked up with cases and markings on them and somewhere in one of those things like that Indiana Jones
3: like
0: CSI (laughs) I was gonna say we have too much TV we
2: have several places like that I see I tell you yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: so what's the most unique piece of memorabilia or um Masonic
4: like fraternal thing
0: fraternal stuff (laughs) that you've come (laughs) across
4: I don't know about Unique, but recently, um, maybe two weeks ago in the mail, I knew this was coming, and a guy FedExed me a Masonic apron, and it has a really great story and connection that he's been able to trace, and the guy actually lived mm-hmm. and died in Indiana. So I thought that was a amazing treasure that we've been able to um recently acquire and it's you know from the 1800s it's hand painted it's silk it's this beautiful masonic apron and textiles which is an apron um they're our most fragile things so if you have any kind of fabric things in your collections um keeping them flat keeping them safe dry out of heat and cold and varying temperatures um those silk masonic aprons are they fall apart instantly Mm. So, um, he sent it all packed in this special cotton and um, flat, and then he kept emailing me, "Have you got it? Is it okay?" You know <laughs> I want to make sure it arrived."
0: Cool. so if if one of our listeners came across you know grandpa's whatever apron, whatever, um, and wanted to reach out to the University of Indiana to contact you, how might they most quickly do that?
4: Certainly. So we have a website, so fraternalcenter.iu.edu, and or we're on social media, so um, Facebook and um, Instagram right now, and you can see our contact info there. And um, really what I try to do is treat everything case by case. So if it's uh, something that should stay local, like if it was history from Philadelphia, I would really highly recommend that it went to... You know the Grand Lodge as a mm-hmm. first offer, and if they don't want it, I always tell them, please contact me back if you're told no, and then I'll either find them another place where it might be most suitable, or if we're the right place, um, then I'll agree to it that that way.
0: Very good. You know, so, it, it, uh, just to ahead.
4: be to
3: go be ahead. clear, um, uh, this is includes Masonic stuff. Yes,
4: yes we're trying though we are looking
3: at other bodies, uh, other...
4: Everything else. Oddfellows, okay. Knights of Pythias, okay. you know, all those other things over the years that have um, evolved. Some have kind of come and gone. Some are still mm. around, but maybe in a smaller capacity. Um, so I really try to, to, you know, connect with those other groups that don't have a place that's saving that history.
5: Yeah, and I think that's one of the things we, we've talked about on the show before is... Freemasonry has been really lucky to be pretty well healed. that we can have our own museums and many Grand Lodges have a library. Some of these groups were not well healed, and they were pretty blue-collar.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: And you don't see a lot of Knights of Pythias museums or libraries out there or Oddfellows, or even some of the smaller groups, the Knights of the Golden Eagle. Their stuff ends up in the dumpster behind the lodge because nobody knows what to do with it. Right. And that's somebody else's family history. That's something somebody else cared about. And just because Grandpa didn't have enough money to join the Masons... And he joined the Knights of the Golden Eagle instead. That doesn't make that history less valuable.
1: Right.
3: I have – I got a phone call from uh, the son of a brother who um, was a member of uh, a shrine offshoot, uh, Quetzalcoatl. And uh, he's like, I've got all this Q Club stuff. I I don't know what to do with it. I mean there's like – I don't know how many Q Club members there are in Pennsylvania even uh, and I've got a whole box of it he, he, I said bring it just bring it here I'll figure out where it should go so I'll, I'll show it to you before, when we're done and if there's anything of interest you know feel free but um, but they bring it to the lodge mm-hmm. and, and and we don't know what to do with it mm-hmm you know, well, there's only so much shelf space in any given lodge. Right, what, and, you know, what and do how you do? many
4: Grand Lodges already have a bunch of old fezzes or 32nd degree caps or sure, right. whatever. And, you know, again, they didn't want to turn around, turn away some widow that just didn't want to throw it in the trash. And right. so that also our most given gift ever is a Masonic Bible.
3: Sure. We have a collection of spittoons in our lodge. That's yeah. We
4: had those at the house of the temple also. <laughs> yeah.
0: I have one in my living room.
3: Oh, oh. Wow. does
0: Carol know? No. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I just had a great idea. You know, we should do a segment on the podcast of all these different fraternal groups that are kind of unknown to the oh, world the around it. us.
2: Whoa, whoa, um, we, we. We
0: did that. Oh, that's right. We did. Yes. What?
2: Yeah, but who'd you Obscurum. talk to? <sighs> oh, what was it? Oh, uh, what? Oh,
0: Kapura a, Obscurum. <laughs> we used to have a guy. Larry who never got in, that right. Never right. Yeah. He never
2: got it right. Yeah, oh Actually, God. Pete booked it a
0: few times too. But uh <laughs> you know, we might need to resurrect uh, Kapur- Kapura Obscurum.
2: <laughs> we could just play the old ones again.
0: Or uh, we should yeah, come up with a list. Obscure. We should come up with a list of all the different w- ways that segment was referred to on the podcast. <laughs> different pronunciations. Uh, oh my it's gosh. Very, very it, uh, it, it go back and listen to some of the early episodes, <clears throat> it'll crack you up. Uh I think we're gonna take another quick break and then we're gonna move on to our next guest.
2: We could get Heather to do that.
0: Brother Dave, we could.
2: Yeah.
7: Bill. Bill,
0: Bill. Bill.
2: Dave. Dave. Dave Bill Dave. Fred Hossler.
0: Bill hosler Bill
7: Hostler.
2: <laughs> <Dave. laughs>
0: <laughs> We'll be right back.
8: Hello, brethren. Dutchy Duck is here to bring you an update from my lodge, the broken plough number 377. October is here in all its splendor in our little valley. Leaves are bright colors, homes are decorated with pumpkins, and old man Knuckle Yuckle has three of those 12-foot skeletons in his front yard. They make me smile every time I drive past. Stand upright, as all good men should do. As a mason, we all know the importance of that phrase. This month, the Broken Pla did just that. For years, many of our members had been complaining of back pain. Now we could just chalk it up to a long day's living on a farm. Bailing hay, milking cars, shoveling manure, that's some serious physical work. It makes sense that eventually, that takes a toll on anyone's body. But weirdly, most of the brethren who would often complain about their back issues weren't farmers. Many brethren would often say to them, Why don't you go see a chiropractor? Many of those brothers would just shake their heads and mumble something along the lines of, Ah, what do they know? They just push around on your back and charge a hefty fee, only to ask you to come back again next week and do the same. Our Worshipful Master, Brother Amos Appelschnitz, had heard enough complaining and took matters into his own hands. At our October meeting, he invited his brother-in-law, Jacob Rickbrecher, a chiropractor from the next valley over, to talk to our brethren. Since Jacob wasn't a member, Worshipful Master Appelschnitz had him talk to the brethren after the meeting while we were enjoying some fresh pumpkin roll and apple cider. Brother Appleschnitz didn't tell anyone that he was coming either. He planned on ambushing the aching back brethren. After our meeting closed, we all headed downstairs to our social hall. The room smelled delightful, cinnamon, nutmeg, and apples. Ah, fall. The brethren took off their coats, rolled up their sleeves, and started digging in. Just then, Dr. Rick Brecker came out from the kitchen and started talking about back pain and how it can be relieved. The brethren were caught off guard and had to sit and listen. Dr. Rick Brecker started asking them questions about their daily habits and even had a few of them get up and walk around. I guess he was looking for reasons as to why they might be in pain. I could tell from the conversations that nothing that the brethren told him made the light bulb go off in Dr. Rick Brecker's head. In fact, he looked quite stumped. He eventually offered each brother one free session at his office. Some of the brethren took his business card, while others seemed to dismiss him. As everyone was finishing up, Brother Albert Leener got up, threw his trash on, returned to his table, and put his suit coat on and got ready to leave. All of a sudden, Dr. Rick Brecker ran over to Brother Albert. Hold it right there, mister, he said. Is this your suit coat? Why, for sure, Brother Albert said. Dr. Rick Brecker told all the guys who had back pain to stand up and put their suit coats on five brethren stood up and did what the doctor said. The rest of us in the room put two and two together. As we looked at the standing brethren, we knew the reason they had such pain. Each of the brethren standing had their suit coats, left lapels so full of Masonic pins that it literally had them leaning to the left. My brother Jimmy Stecker had so many lapel pins that it made a road down to his second coat button. Do not matter. Dr. Rick Breger ran over and moved half of everyone's buttons to their right lapel. Those of us in the audience could visibly see our brother start to stand straight up. One brother even let out an audible, ah. Oh. We all had a good laugh and the doctor wished us all safe travels home. As he went to the door, brother Jimmy slipped him a petition for membership. The doctor said thanks and told him that he could stop by his office next week for a free adjustment and they could talk more about the fraternity. Now don't you lie. You know fellow brothers out there, maybe even in your own lodge, who do this too. My advice is to do what the good Dr. Rick Breger did and help your fellow brother out. Move those lapel pins. Till next time, work hard, stay plumb, and hot in the lights when you leave the room. To learn more about the Pennsylvania Dutch language, culture, and history, please visit my website, padutch101.com, or my YouTube channel. Just search for Doug Maidenford or PA Dutch 101.
3: And we're back, and <laughs> we're visiting this segment with Dave Hostler. Dave... Also known as Bill. I thought it was Bill. Also known as Bill, but... <laughs> I, you know,
6: I... Somehow I'm related to him, I'm I'm sure. You've got to be. He's from Indiana. The
3: police know him (laughs) as Dave, so we'll just go with that. But last uh, year in October, Dave spoke at the Academy of Masonic Knowledge, much as Tyler is about to do, and hopefully... I will record as much of your speech as I did his. I took notes on I'm, my phone. I'm honestly impressed from Dave's speech really because am- it was it was impressive. It was 10 lessons of servant leadership. And I think it 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 really struck a lot of uh, of chords with me because that's where we need to be. We need to teach people how to be leaders and I, I, there's a lot that we don't do a good job of in Freemasonry.
6: I yeah, I noticed that right out the gate, mm-hmm. right? Like going through the degrees, I was kind of looking around the room going, all right, I can tell he's in charge, but who's the leader, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and then when I, you know, when I finished my degrees and I was kind of looking for what's next, right, I was kind of looking to be led somewhere. And I got lucky. I mean, I had a fantastic mentor mm-hmm. who understood leadership. And, and so I felt like I won the, I won the lottery, mm-hmm. right, when it came to that. Um, but I noticed as I started traveling more and more, because the man who was my mentor, um, he passed away this, this, this year and, uh, a little aside, he always, he, his wife passed from Alzheimer's. She got Alzheimer's at 50 and died at 60. Oh, my. He passed not long. You know, he was a couple of years later. Um, but he had always, he, he was always like, get it right for me. And I was like, get what right? And he's like my Masonic funeral service. So the first Masonic funeral service I did was his. Wow! And it's, wow. it was almost like if he could have planned it, which I, you know, I always told him, give me 20, 30 years, I'll do it. <laughs> but he was, um, he was one of the leaders in our district. And Indiana's broken up into 10 districts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we're quite large. In our district, I have almost <clears throat> 40 lodges. That I, that that were responsible in for your it. district. Wow. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I I think we're yeah thirty six or thirty eight. I, I off the top of my head, I can't remember wow. exactly, but it, it's a large swath of the state. And as and as I my travels took me out further and further, uh, the one thing I noticed as I would go to lodges was not all lodges, but there was a distinct leadership vacuum. It, it was you could tell. Like you would walk in and a lodge that was working very well, they had leadership. You could you could see who it was and, and, and things were working as they should. Mm-hmm. And then the lodges where they were lacking leadership, it, it was like they knew it, you know, and they were looking for guidance, right? And I think that was the big thing of they didn't have anybody to guide them.
3: So when I joined, the secretary who was secretary had been secretary, since time immemorial, and in leadership was that he would hand the worshipful master his budget at the beginning of the year yeah. and say, "This is what you're going to do, and that's that and right. he was effectively the leader because anything that deviated off that budget wasn't going to happen
6: okay.
3: and, and but there were but it was good because there were certain things that happened because he knew they needed to happen. Yeah like strawberry night and peaches and ice cream night right the historical and, you know things. the the stuff that because for a lot of for a lot of members that was the only thing that they right. came to
6: yeah.
3: and and as soon as that broke down those those guys just stopped coming well,
6: well when you lose that institutional knowledge right right that historical knowledge mm-hmm. and which we are losing left and right 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 and and it's uh, I kind of liken it to there's a uh, there's a this is going to sound weird, but there's a George Jones song, all right? Did he stop
0: loving you know, her today? Did he oh, Okay. It,
6: but uh, it's called, you know, Who's Going to Fill Their Shoes, mm-hmm. oh, right? And I am constantly, constantly reminded of that song because every lodge that I go to, I look around the room and I'm like, who's going to fill their shoes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when you leave it up to somebody that doesn't know anything, you can't be mad at them for not knowing, right? They've never been taught. So if they've never been taught, no, about that's elite, masonic
3: osmosis. They're right. supposed to just know. You're just supposed to just soak it up,
6: just being in the room, right? You know, and and I think a lot of guys think that way. Yeah, you know, and and um, but I, I notice that that with when leadership changes, everything changes, mm-hmm. right? When you have good leadership, you have you by default the masons start being better, right? Just they start understanding what they need to do. Like as you go through the chairs. You get an idea if you're being mentored and coached, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of guys, sadly, aren't getting mentored and coached mm-hmm. sometimes. It, no. it's in, and so you get to that point where you're sitting in the East and you don't know what you're doing, right? You're just, it, sadly, some places it's a, you're a warm body filling a chair mm-hmm. for a year and then you're done and you walk out knowing exactly what you knew going in, mm-hmm. right? But like those lodges where you're seeing that mentoring and those guys being taught how to lead, it is night and day. I mean,
3: it's a delicate balance because the the old guys, yeah. of which I am now one, <laughs> uh, you have to step back and let the young guys do. But the young guys don't have that institutional knowledge, yeah. and there's a sort of a. I'm gonna and forgive me because you guys are all younger than me. There's a youthful arrogance. There that that yeah. I can do this. I know how to do it. And, and, yeah, but you, you don't know that, that, you know, September is supposed to be peaches and ice cream night. Right. And you just don't have that historical reference.
6: No, 100%. It. And, you know, a lot of times what I see is, is um, the good mentor will guide up into that point and let them make a little bit of mistake and then kind of correct, course correct as they go right and it kind of you know within a few months you notice that 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 exuberance is gone like Mm -hmm. there's more of a i'm gonna i'm going to take a little bit of time before i make a decision Mm -hmm. at least you hope right because at the end of the day all these guys have to make mistakes to learn Mm -hmm. right you you don't you don't learn if you're not making mistakes if everything goes perfect every single time what have you learned right you know nothing
0: So. so you go into a lodge, mm-hmm. and you. Uh, uh, frankly, I think your assessment of this leadership vacuum is much more widespread than what you said. Oh yeah, um, it, it's it is all over the place. And it's how not just do you our take fraternity. that? Yeah. How do you take that? You go into a lodge and you recognize that. So, what do you do to help kind of jumpstart
6: that? How do you how do you turn that
0: around?
3: Tasers. Yeah, <laughs> tasers would well, work. Sometimes yeah. that would <laughs> yeah. work, yeah.
6: You know, the one thing that I noticed, because every every lodge is unique, right? Mm-hmm. Every lodge has its own culture. Yep. Every lodge has its own history. Totally. And, you know, you can't just go in with a one-size-fits-all approach because it will backfire mm-hmm. in your face quicker than you mm-hmm. can blink. Yep. You know, the one thing is, is, like, all of your notes, right, that you took, like, mm-hmm. the one thing that I constantly go back to for anything in leadership is listening right? Is sitting back and listening, not talking, not just soaking everything up and, and listening to their challenges, right? Before you can go, hey, maybe you should try this, right? Maybe maybe instead of, you know, oh yeah, we, we assigned a coach, a mentor to our, we were mentoring him. Like, what are you doing? Well, he's going to learn this. Okay. What else is he learning, right? Are you preparing him to step into an officer role? Are you preparing him to, to do something besides repeat some words back to you, mm-hmm. right? Because that's not making a, you know, you, you've you got to make these guys understand the, the kind of a holistic approach to running a lodge, right? It's not just the ritual. You got to get these guys to understand that the guy who's cleaning and the guy who's cooking and the guy who's doing dishes and, you know, the guy who's painting, like, you got to be able to work with all those guys. It's all part of it's it. It's all part of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, and so I, what I notice is every lodge being different, Going in and and when I go to these lodges, just listening to them and saying, "Well, there's programs you can put in place, or you can, I don't know, take some basic leadership courses and kind of go, what's going to work for us, right?" And and really going through the degrees, going through the the chairs, you should have a pretty good idea of what's expected, right? It's, uh, but unfortunately, we kind of skip over that part. I notice that we skip that part. Mm-hmm. We check
0: the box on the and, ritual. We say you've yeah. got the degree down pat and that's it do you know how to make a budget that's it and budgets tend to be quite frankly i mean the budgets are so fairly cut and dry when you take out what you're sending to grand lodge and what you're sending to the hall association to pay taxes and so on and then so the discretionary parts of budgets are so small anyway because frankly our dues are so low um you know my lodge uh Currently has dues of one hundred and twenty-five dollars, and it's probably one of the more expensive ones in the area. Um, and I, frankly, I don't know how some of the lodges that charge a whole lot less do anything more than meet and have ice cream, and that's about it.
6: Well, those are lodges that you hope have deep pockets, because if they don't, they're yeah. not going to be around for very long. Yeah, you know, you you can't run on a shoestring for very long. Right.
3: You know. Well. So, so there's a sort of a thing that I say is lodges don't close because of lack of money. Uh, I, 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 line, I, that's I, I true. I've almost never heard of a lodge that went broke. Right, right. They they close because of lack of enthusiasm. Hundred mm-hmm, percent. Mm-hmm. Lack of zeal, and yeah. and that's that's a huge question. Is how do you how do you, you can't create zeal? You can you, encourage it. You can encourage it. But, but right. you can't ask someone to be zealous, you know. You know just...
6: what I notice is the lodges, and I, I constantly go back to leaders, but the lodges that have leaders, those are usually the, the, the men who can kind of almost light a fire right. under people. Because right. leaders, by default, there's this natural charisma that people are going to follow. They want to be involved, right? And you get a couple guys that can do that. You can turn a lodge around within – a year, right? You know, you just the thing is, is but it, as soon as that guy's done, as soon as he's done, right, and he goes off into Scottish right, and yeah. he and he goes in the lineup, yeah. that he's, he's gone real quickly. You can yeah. see a lodge start to falter, yeah, right. They Absolutely. start to stumble, and but at the end of the day, I constantly for every lodge I go into, I, I if I'm looking to figure out the leadership problem, I'm, I'm listening, like I'm listening because that's the one thing we don't do. You know, we always have solutions, we always have plans, but we never listen to anything that anybody has to say. And the people at the boots on the ground, right, the guys who are showing up at every meeting and they know the problems, they'll talk if you've gained their trust, right? But but if you don't listen to them, you'll never find a a good answer for them or help them come to the answer they need to come to. What's really fascinating about this is in terms of Freemasonry is that, and I've read a lot of
3: older historical stuff, people were writing this same st- stuff since 1830 100%. right i mean it's 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 constant because because the churn at the top happens every year right you you lose that leader every yeah. year or maybe two or three but he's not there for 5 or
6: 6 or 8 years he's out and you know that's when you hope the the past master the you know the the past anything right past mm-hmm. grandmaster mm-hmm. past master past give whatever body right you hope that they stick around mm-hmm. long enough to impart some of that knowledge that they learned as they spent the years going through the chairs and, right. and then what they learned while they were there. You pray that that's the case. Unfortunately, some guys get to the, at that point, they're burned out, they leave, <laughs> and then you go, well, <laughs> we're going to reinvent the wheel again. Here's just the like, keys. <laughs> uh, here's a book from 1850. Well, you know, I think part
0: yeah. of that leadership conversation is, as you just said, when you complete your term in office – you still have a responsibility to that body, and yeah. immediate on, past master. On, on the on the one hand, you don't want the overbearing. Well, we've never done it that way, so we can't do it. On the other hand, you don't need people saying, "Okay, check the box. I'm out. I'm on to the next thing." Mm-hmm. Um, you still have a responsibility to that body, it, and
6: it's it's finding that balance. Yeah, right. It's finding yeah. that balance of I'm here to help that new worshipful master. But I'm not going to. Even though I can see that this thing that he's doing is wrong, and it's 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 nah, gonna he's gonna uh, he's gonna crash. It's gonna <laughs> fail. But you know the beauty of failing in a Masonic lodge is there is nothing that is that that will your life is not over because not and, that's right. You know, yeah. like a degree went bad. And okay, you, and you've got sixty guys behind right? you. It's the best help degree help that you. candidate ever got. And you know, it's like yeah, we screwed up, and and you want to make every single degree better than the last one, right? right? But everybody has off nights right yeah. and so like oh lord those are those are the things of the balance between making sure you're not on that guy's toes mm-hmm. but at the same time making sure that you're present enough to go hey you here's, here's whispering that wise counsel in his ear quietly mm-hmm. after the meeting not standing up during and, and so chastising
0: hard. you mean it's you don't so run hard. immediately to the east and with a list and uh... <laughs>
6: you know Depends on the day, I guess. There you I'd go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: great, great topic. I mean, I would love to do a whole show on this conversation because I think it's so needed all across our fraternity. Um, can I? Can I give
6: one book? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so um, and of course, as soon as I want to say that, uh, Alan E. Roberts, okay, wrote a book in 1969. It's on the shelf out here. Yeah that yeah. book is fantastic um it is uh and every time i do this i blank i was it. gonna
0: say any idea what the title <laughs> is Helene
6: <laughs> roberts wrote the book dwight stand l. by dwight l smith past Grandmaster <laughs> master of indiana i'm key to
5: freemasonry the
6: key yeah. the keys to freemate there we go try that again the keys to freemasonry's growth i okay. always i've had too many concussions um Alan e. Roberts wrote this book in 1969, I believe.
5: That is correct.
6: Uh, D- Dwight L. Smith, who was a past grandmaster of Indiana, wrote the forward, and every single lodge in Indiana got a copy of that book. Wow. I go to lodges, and I sometimes find that book untouched. And wow. I will walk in, and I will point to it, and I will look for any man who's looking to start leading, and I will say, pick that book up and read it. If you're listening, you can find that book on eBay or Amazon for about seven dollars. This man was writing this stuff that we're talking about now and have been for years in '69, wow. and then he wrote another book in about '88, kind of complements it. Um, but it's it's one of the best books if you're looking to become a leader in Freemasonry. It is one of the best books you can start on. Wow, so that's great. It's uh it's pretty fantastic. But
4: it's not the red serpent.
6: <laughs>
0: it's not the red serpent by Larry Maris.
6: <laughs> that had something to do with Dan Brown stealing the Yeah.
0: The Holy Grail. <laughs> the Holy Grail. And, uh, yeah.
2: Keep those checks coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> also available on Amazon.
2: <laughs> All right.
0: We are going to take one more break and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna play copious dues with Ooh. our guests. In
3: Masonic News Today a recent festive board, the Grand Lodge of Southern Indiana was thrown into great confusion when the stewards announced that fare for the evening was ham and pineapple pizza. <laughs> a fight broke out between brethren and it was only quelled when an emergency delivery of real pizza was received and the offending brothers were duly sanctioned.
7: Brother, singular.
3: In a related news, the Grand Master of Lower Chicago decreed that only deep dish pizza could be served at
0: masonic gatherings that's the masonic news so moat it was <laughs> walter that may be your most timely news oh, that was ever that was a ever so there's a story behind the news uh, you want to tell it or you no, want me ahead, to go ahead so we're having our little pre-meeting um and uh, we got a note from Seth that our guests are arriving just a few minutes later than expected. Could we pick up a couple of pizzas? And of course I said, yeah, let's do that. Tell me what you want on it. And so he said, get a pepperoni and I'll text you in a minute and tell you what we want on the other one. And so <laughs> a few minutes pass and Seth goes, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> A gluten-free ham and pineapple pizza. <laughs> <laughs> we
3: have on good authority that it was free-range
0: pineapple. Free-range pineapple.
3: That's right. Yeah, but so, you should have,
2: should have seen the waitress when we gave her the order. She goes, are you kidding me? Because <laughs> like, she's that's what they want. the
0: three of us Yeah. <laughs> right. no. So, you ain't never found a gluten no. in the Jack. Oh, so, uh, you know, it's advanced. like, you know, all right, we're taking his man card and um you know. <laughs> but uh the, the, the best part
4: of it though then text uh, he seth texts me again for real <laughs>
0: <laughs> in all honesty, uh, uh, one of the brothers here has a food allergy, and um so thus the somewhat uh odd well, see, order, yes
2: yeah, see, I can understand that with the gluten free and gluten free. Yeah. Uh, uh, dough is pretty darn <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, but there's no I, excuse I for ham and pineapple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's a pineapple yeah. Yeah. and ham uh, yeah. yeah. okay. Anyway, no problem,
6: don't they? <laughs> hey, I, I grew up on Chicago pizza, but when I found the amazingness that is ham and pineapple oh put my together gosh. on gosh. pizza...
0: Ah. Alright, Josh, edit that
6: out. Tab- yeah, we like seven. <laughs> Just
3: cut
0: that out right now. <laughs> Alright, well, Jack, you know what time it is? Uh, I think it's time for... Copious dues,
1: Yay! Ladies and
3: gentlemen, we're going to play a game tonight with our guests, and the whole house is going to play, where we, the hosts of the show, are going to guess how much each of our guests pays annually in dues. Now this is just dues, not banquets and travel and all those other things that we're not supposed to tell our wives about just or spouses other spouses wives or spouses
4: (laughs) yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) thank you
3: (laughs) so here we are brother dave hostler (laughs) we're going to guess how much you pay in dues so let's have it
0: all right tim Um, i'm going to go with nine hundred and thirty five dollars bob Nine hundred and thirty-five dollars.
3: Somebody write that down. I did. All right. Larry, what's your guess on how much Dave pays in his copious dues? Six thirty-five. Ooh, he wishes it was six (laughs)
4: thirty-five. No, no, Brandy wishes.
6: (laughs) That's true.
3: Uh, Now, the other rule is you can't go over. If you go over, then you're disqualified. So. Josh, what do you think Dave pays for his copious dues?
1: $985.
3: $985? I think y'all are dreaming. My guess is $1250. Alright,
7: Seth.
0: Oh, I'm guessing. Seth. All right. What's your guess? Uh,
5: since I'm guessing, I'm trying to think of everything I know about Dave. Seven uh, four, carry the nine, seven, 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 seven. uh
6: plus three. Indiana,
5: I minus Chicago. In okay. Yeah, pineapple, what's the pineapple tax? <laughs> I oh my gosh, up. I forgot there's
0: pineapple. there's pineapple. Pineapple penalty. I need to, to subtract
3: pineapple to penalty. Crack. <laughs>
0: IRS
5: form ten twenty-four Q. Alright, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with twelve ninety-five.
0: Oh, a little higher than mine. Alright. Alright. Uh all right so so we have I guessed nine hundred and thirty-five dollars Larry guessed six hundred and thirty-five dollars uh, somebody guessed 900 out oh, Josh guessed nine hundred and eighty-five dollars Jack twelve hundred and fifty dollars yeah and Seth guessed twelve hundred and ninety-five dollars so brother Dave
6: or bill or whoever no, you are, answer, right? okay. <laughs> the guy
0: who eats ham and
3: How pineapple much do you pizza, you pay every year in dues.
6: I am totally guessing, but it's somewhere in between twelve and fourteen hundred dollars a year. Ooh.
0: Ooh. Ooh, that means Seth Ooh. wins. I'm,
6: I'm, and I'm guessing, and the only reason I'm guessing is because my wife is so smart. I hope she hears this. Uh, she, my. <laughs> I have you a savings. Suck up. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I uh I have a, a savings account at a credit union. And my wife being You did. Being, <laughs> my wife being good with money, because I'm not. I like anything she, shiny, I'm like shiny, and I'm it. Um she, diesel trucks at all. Diesel I just bought a nineteen ninety nine diesel truck for because oh. I wanted to. Um she moves money monthly. In the tune of twenty-five to a hundred dollars into my savings account at another bank, so that when due season comes up, I just have to go. Could you move like five hundred bucks? Oh, I got to cover these couple of bodies. And she, she's smart. That's why. She
3: knows. That's why. Should, knows. You should call her and find out what that number really is. <laughs> that's so why after twenty-five
6: years, I'm still, you know.
3: All right. Everything. All right.
6: Next, Heather Calloway,
3: while not a Mason officially.
2: <laughs> no, I'm not.
4: Although He's I sat in open tiled lodge <gasps> with the grand master of New Mexico presiding.
2: <gasps> oh. So there will be. that's words. like that's
0: like how Larry got the word of the chair.
4: Well, you it's know like, what that he means? He fell asleep in a meeting
0: and woke up in it's the middle of the ceremony. Oh, it
4: it means I'm official even though I'm not official.
0: And so you say.
3: <laughs> 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 However, you are a member of Innumerable fraternal organizations.
4: Just two, but well, then. Well, you run
3: I- a museum of fraternal. Yeah, yeah. Org- okay.
4: But I'm only a member of two fraternal groups.
3: Okay, so think about that number. Yeah, but what about all those professional groups? Professional what? groups don't apply. Yeah. But fraternal that's, organizations. But that's my job. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you for playing our game. All right. No. All right. So, so, so you we got go. the number? Did you write it down? All right. Yes, I did. Great. Okay. Professional groups. All right. Uh, How much do you think Heather pays to her fraternal organizations in her copious dues? Josh has to jog over to a microphone.
6: No, there he goes. $375. Oh.
0: That's a number. It is a number. That is a number. Good job, Josh. Well done. All right. Uh Tim. Uh I'm going with eight hundred and sixteen dollars and forty five cents. And forty-five cents. Well played, Tim.
2: Larry, four seventy-five. Now, if we allow her other, it would be about two thousand dollars. All right. (laughs) All right. Seth,
3: how much do you think Heather pays in copious dues? One hundred forty-seven eighty-two, Bob. One hundred forty-seven eighty-two. Lou. Secretary Tim is writing this all down, and I think she pays only two. F- I think I think she pays five hundred
0: dollars. So to review <coughs> quickly,
1: Josh, people are going
0: to bed. Three hundred seventy-five dollars. Larry's already in bed. <laughs> I guessed eight hundred and sixteen dollars and forty-five cents. Uh, Four hundred seventy-five dollars was Larry. Uh, Seth guessed one hundred and forty-seven dollars and eighty-two cents. Well played. And Jack guessed five hundred dollars. So Heather. Tell us,
3: how much you pay in copious dude Fraternal. Fraternal. Fraternal only.
4: $65. Whoa! Uh, what?
3: What? Get Whoa. out of our studio
0: right now. But
4: let me tell you. Wow, we're so all
0: over so, it. so if you added everything, what would it have been? Oh,
4: no, no, no. You said that didn't count. Okay. So, you
0: know.
2: chick, 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 you chick, said was my
4: estimate close. No, no, sixty-five dollars. No, no, no. If
2: we were, if you. Oh,
4: it was. It, you were still low. Still low. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. But um, to shout out to my two women's organizations, um, I have been an Alpha Chi Omega for. Many years, uh, almost 30 in January, and I've been an active alumni and advisor for most of the time since I graduated. And we are starting a new chapter in Bloomington, Indiana for alumni and I am the president and I was just appointed as such. Nice. So So, um, shout out to that because it's up. a new initiative and our national convention this summer is in Indianapolis, which is wonderful. We were... Um, founded in Green Castle, Indiana. So, um shout out for that. And then the PEO sisterhood and Um, you you hear about it but you don't know about it and we support um, higher education initiatives for women. So everything from scholarships to a college to um, other ways that we can help women that have maybe started school and couldn't finish because they had kids or other life circumstances that prohibited that educational track and so um, we help them go back to college and finish and do those kind of degrees, and we also help people that are going straight into college out of high school.
0: Very nice, great. All right, one Yo, more. Tyler, you're one awesome. more. We got one more.
2: One thing about Heather, though, you're a Penn alumni. Of course. Uh, what? Love it. Awesome.
4: Yes, University of Pennsylvania. I mean, we're in Wait,
0: Pennsylvania. Pen you don't pen a no. He said, Penn. No. La- 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 hey, no,
4: no, not Penn State.
0: No,
4: no, no. no. Penn. There's a difference. The oh, I believe me, school. I
0: know. Up and, yeah, up and <laughs> up and.
3: go ahead, Jack. Tyler Whitaker Tell us. No, don't tell us. But do you know how much you paid copious dues? Ish. All right. All right, Larry. How much do you think Brother Tyler pays for his copious
2: dues? $610. $610. $610.
3: Secretary Tim, write that down. Cut it. Seth, how much do you think Tyler pays in his copious dues?
5: Uh, As a proud past master of Abraham C. Trigler 682, I'll go with $682. A
3: a guess with a basis. (laughs) Well done. Gotta love it. Well played. (laughs) Joshua. How much do you think our guest Tyler pays for his copious dues? One dollar, Jack Bob. (laughs) (laughs)
1: All
0: right, going with the Price is Right strategy. One (laughs) dollar.
3: A daring play
1: by Josh.
0: Tip! I'm going to go with $683. Ah! Ah!
3: I remember two winning. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so is a This is York. This is Lodge. Lodge. And I'm probably saying six, 7. Six. I will say
0: $720. All right. To review, so, Larry had $610. Seth had $682. Josh had one dollar one dollar the cost of sponsorship on the masonic light podcast through patreon if you're cheap uh i guess 683 and jack said is it a seven seven <laughs> hundred you wrote it <laughs> i can't read my own writing 720 seven, no 700 <laughs> oh 700 okay all right oh, <laughs> and 20 <laughs> only if we could go back and listen to it. <laughs> yeah. who knows all how right much, so
3: i'll be wrong anyway so tyler us how much you pay every year for your
7: copious dues 787
1: dollars. Oh, we have a winner ding, 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 ding. Da-na. Right. Da-na. All
7: right, and 50 cents
0: and 50 cents Got it. Awesome. very good rounded to the nearest 50 cents all right so jack you Excellent. get your name on the board uh seth gets his name on the board and none of us get our name on the board for headers. No,
4: you all went over.
0: We all way went over, over. over. yeah. You assumed you were more involved than you are. We limited no, no, no. ourselves out I of a guest <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so in the spirit of keeping people awake, we're going to limit our around the horn to one item that you want to highlight you're doing in the next two weeks. One item. Larry.
2: Go some great iron breakfast. All
0: right. Jack. Uh, I'm assisting...
3: With the committee for the annual grand banquet uh, for the installation of the next right worshipful grand master in Pennsylvania. Um, if you need tickets for that event, first contact your lodge secretary. If your lodge secretary can't help you, contact your district deputy. If your district deputy can't help you, then email me at jharley4, that's a numeral four, at ptd.net, and I will help you get tickets for that event. Um, I do understand that, that there is some availability for um, visiting the Old Lodge 43 for their uh, for the special meeting of Ashera Kasifia. Um, so uh, if you're interested in that, act quickly and contact the Grand Lodge. Uh, they are arranging that. So contact the Grand Secretary's office if you'd like to attend that. Um, so that's what I got.
6: Um, Dave. Dave. In the next two weeks? Well, I'm here.
0: Huzzah.
3: After, Huzzah.
6: after that, I'm taking a vacation until about the 18th.
0: Awesome. So, good. good for you.
6: A little, little Masonic vacation. I awesome. Think. How do you
0: do that in the middle of the
6: year? Uh, force myself.
0: A good idea. Yeah. Man, we'll have to talk offline about how you accomplish that. All right, Seth
5: uh saturday november three or four whatever that first weekend in november is looking forward to being with everybody at the northeast regional assembly of the red cross of constantine taking the viceroy degree but that's kind of the northeastern part of the united states for red cross see lots of friends there from masonic week and other places so if you're there catch up with me awesome tyler
7: Um, As I mentioned earlier, on November 10th and 11th, I'll be participating at the uh, Indianapolis Valley of the Scottish Rite Fall Convocation uh, in their degree work. Awesome. Heather,
0: what do you got going on fraternally?
4: Well, I'm not sure about the next two weeks, but in um, a few weeks, November 18th specifically, I'm speaking at the Valley of Chicago and talking about how to save your fraternal stuff.
0: Outstanding. Great title.
4: Well, that's not the title,
0: but <laughs> that, that, that's, you know. <laughs> that, that's it generally. It would be that's a good th- title. It would is, be a good yes. title, absolutely. I should go with that title. Josh. Pass. Oh. Josh passes. Okay. So uh, I will call attention to. Uh, 19 the, things. No, one thing. That's limiting get us to one. Good. Yeah. On the 17th and 18th of November. Uh, It's coming up just beyond the two weeks out, but the Big Valley of Harrisburg will be having its reunion. Uh, If you're in the Harrisburg area, come watch lots of cool degrees in the Big Valley.
4: Is that on PowerPoint?
0: No, it is not on PowerPoint. not at all you
4: mean live it
0: is live in the nmj with humans in the nmj that's right (laughs) live and in oh
4: my goodness
0: imagine that imagine that (laughs) all right before we release the chickens i do want to say uh happy veterans day to uh, all of our veterans coming up on november the 11th Uh, thank you for your service and josh cut those chickens loose Larry, get us out of here
2: Special thanks to Effort Lodge 665. Heck yeah. I pronounced it that way. I did it that way just to make Jeff Moyer crazy. Uh, for allowing us to have this great group of people here tonight. Really fantastic. Uh, to Josh Lamberton, our producer, director, for doing great work constantly. Because when you hear the show, folks... It's not like it was tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. To Jack Harley, our news director, who always does a bang-up job. Tim Dedman, our marketing director. To Michelle Snyder. Doug Maidenford and Austin Chifrin, our Masonic Light podcast contributors. And to our listeners who always make doing this show worthwhile. This was Larry Maris. Thank you for listening and have fun and do good.
0: Bye, everybody.
4: Bye, everybody. Larry, I'm going to sign this for you.
0: Ooh, Larry. Wow. Well played. She's not even using a Sharpie. Look at that.